Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Well, we're back, but we're certainly back under some very tragic and sudden circumstances. Kobe Bean Bryant, born August 23rd, 1978, died January 26, 2020. And as JC and I sit here on Monday night recording this episode in the wake of Kobe's death, neither one of us can really recognize this as something that's real or something that's actually happened. Um, somebody who seemed invincible is obviously no longer with us. And the level of devastation, the amount of tragedy, the amount of sadness, amount of frustration, constant questions. I mean, I'm all kinds of emotions right now, JC, and I, I know you are too. And, you know, I think uh, a lot of other people are as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's maybe the most uh, surreal celebrity death that I've I've experienced. And like I... I mean, there have been some that that have hit me pretty hard just because of how surprising and unexpected they were. Like Robin Williams comes to mind, and 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 play, people like that. But like this one, yeah, it's just um, I was I was at a movie marathon with some friends, and and so I I, I couldn't really focus on it because you know I heard heard the news of this in the middle of it. Um, but yeah, it was it was hard to like focus on on anything really because I was just thinking about this, and then there's the whole. You know, there's about a half hour to an hour of misinformation being spread, and you never, you don't really know what the full scope of it is, and it's just, it's yeah, surreal is just the most uh, apt way to to put it. You know, I actually, uh, to be honest with y'all, I've just been experiencing some tremendous personal challenges and change, and all sorts of things happening in my life, and um, you know, this just rocking everybody, not just me. And, you know, it's definitely brought about a sense of perspective for everybody involved, and you know, my I'm heartbroken. I, the tragedy of losing an iconic figure too early in his life at, at 41 years old is is one thing, but to lose a daughter, to have that family impacted the way that they're going to be impacted for the rest of their lives, for this seven other people killed in this tragic accident there's no bringing these people back there's no getting that time back and you know one of the only things that's really kept me moving besides my own volition is to understand and embody what Kobe Bryant did for his entire life and that is to live every day every moment with a sense of, you know, defined purpose. And I think that anyone who is rightfully struggling through this, and it will be raw for a long time. I mean, it's, we're talking two days. 
this is going to rock the Laker kingdom. And where I am, the city of Los Angeles, it's, this is going to take a while. And it's never going to be the same. Yeah, I can, I can only imagine how it is in, in Los Angeles. Um, yeah, this is going to reverberate for such a long time. Like, throughout, you know, definitely through the rest of this season. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know when it's ever going to feel right or normal again, if it ever will. I don't know. You know, my best my best friend and I have done a lot of talking about this, and you know we both find a strength in the same thing right now, which is that you know what Kobe would have wanted out of anyone is to is to move forward. As difficult as that sounds, and I don't mean it to sound terse or harsh in any capacity. Trust me, I've been up and down emotional. What I mean is, you just have to continue to put your best foot forward, whatever that looks like on any given day. And you just can't waste time. And I think that's that's the biggest thing that I always took away from Kobe is that, yeah, he was a demanding asshole at times. There was no question about it. And he was far from perfect in his life. Nobody is. But the reason he was so demanding of himself and others, and I want to make that very clear, there was nothing he was asking of anybody else that he wasn't willing to do himself. And that's something I always talk about whether I'm talking to my students, whether I'm talking to my friends, whether I'm talking to anybody. And this is so important because he demanded so much of himself and others because he knew he was on borrowed time. And that's the reality of it, JC. I mean, we all sit here and we sit here on borrowed time. And, you know, I tried, I really tried my best to try to articulate something that meant something of substance, something of purpose in the wake of all of this. And it took me until tonight and I'm still not thrilled with how it came out because the words will never be there. It's, it's surreal and all too real at the same time. So I want to read this if that's all right with you. Are you okay with me reading, reading a little bit here? Oh yeah, absolutely. And so here's, here's what I came up with and y'all have to forgive me because it's far from perfect, but I wanted to get something down on paper and just try to try to articulate some of the things that this man has meant to me as I sit here as somebody who grew up on Kobe, who I caught, caught the tail end of Jordan. And, you know, it was so much, so much more than basketball. So here we go. Now, I never thought I'd have to write this about you. I, start, I should have started. Dear Kobe, I never thought I'd have to write this about you. I have tears that won't go away, a hole in my heart that extends far beyond the boundaries of the 94-foot hardwood. I've never felt this way about someone I never actually knew. But this was and still is a part of your magic. You were invincible. As resilient as you were stubborn, Kobe, you modeled a work ethic, a drive, a passion, and a pursuit of excellence that will forever resonate within me. Kobe, you were the ultimate purple and gold warrior, fiercely loyal and unapologetically authentic. You were far from perfect, and that's okay. We all are. You were a flawed human who embraced everything about himself in an effort to inspire others toward greatness. You did that for me, and I'm forever grateful. There are no words I can share to truly encapsulate your impact or express the devastation of your passing. You were and forever will be so much more than an athlete or a Laker legend. Kobe, your legacy will live on far beyond my lifetime, and it is my promise to you and myself that I'll continue your mission of inspiring others to be great at whatever productive path they choose to pursue. Forever grateful, Ethan. I tried, man. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, yeah, I wasn't... I 
didn't think to like write anything, but uh, yeah, I just been been thinking about it all uh, the past few days, and yeah, I'm glad that that you're on this with me, just because. Yeah, the, the plan was for me to, last week, the plan was for me to do my regular Monday show to recap the road trip and be really excited for the Clippers game tomorrow. Um, and then, yeah, obviously that wasn't going to be the plan today, but I, I for sure didn't didn't want to do a Monday recording on my own because I remember uh, one of my first uh, like sentences on this podcast was saying uh, that I preferred LeBron and that I wasn't much of a Kobe guy, but it that didn't didn't mean that I didn't recognize his greatness. Uh, and one thing I I realized in the past couple of days that you think about the debate between like you know him and versus LeBron versus MJ. Uh, one thing I really appreciated this season. Every time I'd see Kobe and Gigi at games and seeing the way people would really respect him and uh, the way he was, like, teasing Luca on the court, uh, speaking his language and made Luca turn around like, oh, who is that? Oh, shit, that's Kobe. Um, yeah, like, I, I really respected the man he was becoming. And, and one thing that I don't think could ever be debated in as far, if you are going to debate between the, the main three of who's better, Michael, LeBron, or Kobe, uh, post career, I really liked who Kobe was becoming. I think uh, I think he was he was on his way to doing some really great stuff with with women's athletes and you know Britain, expanding the game to you know, globally to China. And I've just thought about you know MJ and his career. Like he's since he retired, he's mostly he's he's been like a ghost. You don't really see him very much. You don't see you don't hear his thoughts about anything. Um, doesn't really pay free agents to go to Charlotte. Like, yeah, post-career, I don't think it can be argued that, that Kobe was going to do something really great with his life. I think one of the things that, you know, it just tears me up inside to think about how much more he had in store and how much he was able to accomplish in such a short period of time after retirement. And, you know, one of the things that's been sticking with me through all of this is it's a great clip of Kobe on Kimmel. Not all that long ago, obviously. And, you know, he's basically asked about, you know, where, where's the son to carry on the name, carry on the throne? And he said, man, I got Gigi. I got three other beautiful daughters. I ain't worried about a damn thing. And just like you said, you know, I think, you know, as Kobe's career started to wind down, and especially in his last season, he let people in to see Kobe the person. Not Kobe the arrogant basketball player. Not Kobe the character. Not Kobe the kid, not Froby, none of these other personas that he's done throughout the duration of his career, but just Kobe, like any guy you see on the street. And I think that humanized Kobe Bryant for a lot of people. And I was having a conversation with a colleague today, and he said something similar. He said, you know, I wasn't the biggest Kobe guy, but as he got older and I got to what I felt like got to know him more, you know, I felt more connected to him. And, you know, that's the reactions have been everywhere from celebrities to your friends to somebody at the grocery store talking about it i mean it's it's unavoidable kobe was so much more than an athlete more than a los angeles more than more than los angeles more than the lakers he was he's a global icon this guy he he was he was larger than life and i think more than anything you know this is a guy who had the capacity to inspire other people and build personal relationships with them without ever meeting them. And I know he did that for me, and I could say that from experience. 
And of course, growing up watching a guy play for your favorite team and you know never leaving the team and through trial and through triumph and sticking with it, and there's something to be you know valued there. There's a strong connection there. But man, I, I feel like I lost a family member. I feel like I lost somebody I've known for my entire life and that I hang out with on Saturday nights. And I think more than anything for me, it's just, it is surreal, but it's all too real at the same time. And, you know, for me as a guy who has all the sports alerts on his phone and always takes, gets news first first and distributes it to his friends and et cetera, et cetera. You know, the way that I found out about this was just so random. And I won't get into the details of all of that, but it just sort of aligns with this whole thing. It just feels so random. And, you know, one of my previous talking points on a podcast is just, you know, what what we feel when we have unanswered questions left behind. And in an age of instant information where we can always access the context of things or we think we can access the context of things, we just all have all these questions that are unanswered and probably will never be answered as a result of this investigation or any other. The biggest one being why. So many lives impacted, so many lives lost, so many families disrupted. And just to sit here and, you know, Kobe's 10 years older than me, but I never thought I'd be saying bye in my lifetime. And I think that's the thing that's hitting me hardest. Yeah, for sure. Just the the randomness of it and the, the, the nonsensicalness of it. Like, yeah, my... I got a text message whose exact words were TMZ is reporting that Kobe died in a helicopter crash. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. That's not a sentence that I can comprehend. Like, I don't, I didn't understand what she meant or I thought, I thought there was some really weird and strange autocorrect going on. Like, I don't don't know what she meant. And then I called, it was my sister and I called her and she's like, no, no, he's, she told me like what happened. I'm like, wow, that's, that's crazy. I just think that, you know, for me, I didn't, almost didn't want to believe it, right? I mean, I, I didn't. And especially because the first source was TMZ. I was like, no, 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 that's got to be wrong. It's not on TV anywhere. It's not getting confirmed anywhere. I haven't seen anything about this. No, this can't, this can't be true, man. And I just froze. I was in my kitchen. I was hovering over the dishwasher, and I just froze. And the more that I read and I tried to find information, and I'm guilty of it too. I wanted information. I wanted it now. I wanted it right now before it was even available because this is this is is unquestionably something that's going to impact my life and so many others. And it's going to tear families apart if this is true. And then when we finally got, you know, some additional confirmations and more details and it just became more tragic as more names and associations started to become publicly recognized and you understood the level of disruption and impact it's had on all the people involved from the immediate families to the extended families, to the fans, to the people, to the people that know that knew these people, to their friends, their children, their loved ones. It's got such a wide impact. This is going to be remembered as one of the most devastating events. And yes, in sports history, yes, in Lakers history, but really in, in, in history because of the level of impact that it will carry. And I think more than anything, you know, in this Lakers season, that's already been, I mean, everything feels trivial at this point, to be honest with you, JC, but in this Lakers season, that's already been so colored by 
success, challenges, narratives, not so much drama, but you know, they've had their ups ups and downs. This is this is going to be something that you know, this Lakers team carries on for the rest of the year and, and long after that. And these are all guys who grew up on Kobe. I mean, even even LeBron. They all have their own memories. They all have their own relationships. Everybody in that organization. I mean, they they raised this kid from the brash, arrogant, seventeen-year-old kid to you know the developed thirty-seven-year-old man. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was it was hot on the heels of like of stories coming out from the Clipper organization where some of their players were unhappy of the preferential treatment that their stars were getting, and I was thinking, man, like this Lakers team has had a really drama-free season. Like, I can't believe nothing has gone wrong and yeah like the worst thing could have the worst thing that could have happened happened i just one of the reasons that i got out of the web-based print content creation game i have to be careful careful about that obviously i love the podcast and i love having this this medium of artistic expression in order to try to get these words out and try to do so cohesively. One of the reasons I got out of the web print-based content game is because everything was a story. Everything had to be covered. I mean, I remember when Kobe tore his Achilles, it was 1.30 or 1.45 in the morning on the East Coast where I was living. And my first thought was I was, you know, hurt as a fan. I couldn't believe what had just happened to Kobe. But then my most immediate thought after that was, oh, shit, what do I have to do for work? And in this role, in this capacity, I don't consider this work. This is an outlet for me. This is a cathartic activity for me. And so when I sit here and share this with all of you, this is something that I I enjoy. Now, I obviously don't enjoy this topic. I don't enjoy losing a person of this magnitude, no longer having Kobe Bryant to deliver me additional motivational speeches and life perspectives and to drive all these global initiatives forward on behalf of everybody. Like, of course I don't like that, but this is the medium that I choose. And, you know, I can't imagine trying to cover this from a print perspective right now. It was hard enough for me to write an an Instagram caption, let alone sit here and try to write a column of some semblance of emotion on a deadline trying to say, hey, we want you to pour your heart out, but can you do it by this time and this place? And oh, by the way, Kobe Bryant hasn't even been, you know, he it still feels like he's alive. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, I wish there was a stronger word than surreal, but unfortunately it just, it's all too real, man. And sitting here looking at the, the date of birth and the date of death, never ever could I have imagined this. Yeah, it's 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 one of the remarkable things about him. Like, for, especially for me, for me saying that I'm not much of a Kobe guy, and you brought up his Achilles tear, I remember where I was when that happened, and I think of the uh, the iconic pass against the Trailblazers, the alley oop to Shaq. Like, I remember where I was when that happened, and I remember where I was when the 81 point game happened. And like, for me not being much of a Kobe guy, I remember where I was when a lot of this stuff happened, and it's like. Maybe I was all along. I just didn't know or didn't appreciate it. And I think that's one of the things, man. You know, I said this today earlier, you know, to one of my friends off air. I just said, look, you know, Kobe brought people into the game. He brought people into basketball. They didn't have to be basketball fans, but they tuned in to see him, whether it was something they wanted to see him do, some way they wanted him to mess up, whether it was some uh, 
exhibit of confidence or something that somebody considered complacency and cockiness. It was he was a reason to watch. He didn't just transcend the sport. He transcended the Lakers brand, which is damn near impossible to do. And he made it look easy. And I just time time is all borrowed, man. And it's a reminder to you know people you care about. Let them know that you care about them. People who choose to stand behind behind you, beside you. You know, make sure that they know that you're there. And you know, always communicate with each other and try to make sure that you're tr- operating on the same page. If you're not exactly on the same line, try to figure out where each other are and meet each other in the middle. And it's we get you know we take too often in life we get a bad five minute ten minute fifteen minute stretch and we apply it to the rest of our day and we come home and say I had a bad day because one bad thing happened as opposed to saying I had a good day and one bad thing happened but the rest of the day was excellent and the mind is such a powerful tool and that's why it kills me when people choose not to sharpen it it's a lot it's the thing that shapes your life yeah yeah that's uh, that's very well said you know, and I just, you know, I'm, I sit here with mixed emotions of sadness and anger because I wish that Kobe wasn't riding in a helicopter, but I know it's something that he's done thousands and thousands and thousands of times before. And I wish the weather was, you know, not the the fog and the clouds that it was. And, you know, today in Los Angeles is a beautiful, beautiful day, you know, not a cloud in the sky, and I wish it wasn't the time and place and all of these things that I can't control and I'm personally working up on trying to control time and control itself so I have all these mixed things going on within me and that's me sitting here as basically an outsider just a Kobe fan somebody who appreciates what he brought to all of us and I could apply it so directly to me so anyone closer to this and those closest to it man it's a level of grief and a burden of emotion that I cannot even try to begin to dissect. And, you know, when I saw the schedule and the Lakers and Clippers scheduled to play, obviously, before the postponement, you know, I looked at it both ways and said, well, this could be a great rallying cry either way. They could play the game or they could just come together. But the more that I thought about it, I said, you know what? They can't play this game. And when the Lakers finally do decide to take the hardwood again and I'm not convinced it'll be Friday night but it looks like at least for now they're going to try it that way man it's going to be a whole different vibe to this franchise for the rest of time as long as I watch this team and you know I I hope that the NBA follows the precedent set by the Lakers organization and by the Dallas Mavericks organization of retiring 24 league wide yeah, he's. Uh, I had always been taught uh, in sports that like no one person should be bigger than the game. But I think the things that he contributed and the way that he was expanding the game globally in in China, he was one of the people that led that effort. And the way he was about to expand, help expand the game, uh, you know, with with, uh, with young women in the WNBA. Yeah, I think I think he. I think he made a contribution that deserves that sort of that sort of honor, and yeah, I'd I'd be all for that. And I just you know I don't know. There there is not going to be a strong enough way that the Lakers organization honors Kobe for the rest of time. You know he's going to get a statue outside of Staples Center. You know he'll probably get 
uh, a street outside of Staples Center named after him. You know they'll probably rename a suite after him. I mean, you know Kobe's name will live forever and ever and ever inside that building with the Los Angeles Lakers. But, you know, it's not going to take the sting of him not being there. And I think, you know, when Bill Russell was basically pinning his goodbye to Kobe in his statement, it was, I think that's something that really stuck with me too because you have, here you have this guy who, is looked up to by basically everybody in the NBA who's come through in the last, you know, 50 years or so, who's still moving strong and, you know, still a face of the league. And he's the one saying goodbye to Kobe. It just, man, I just, I don't, it doesn't make sense. And trying to sit here and make sense of it is, you know, not a hopeless exercise, but it's, it's not one that's going to lead to any progress. And, you know, whether it's what Shaq had to say or, you know, what Luke Walton had to say or, you know, what Doc Rivers had to say or what Greg Popovich had to say. or It's the eight-second backcourt tributes, 24-second shot clock tributes. It's the lettering on the shoes. It's the honorary jersey numbers. It's the candlelight vigils. I mean, it's everybody's doing everything in honor of Kobe right now, and it just tells you how much this man resonates throughout the city of Los Angeles, throughout the state of California, really throughout the United States and the entire world. This is a guy who, in any place in the world, JC. You say Kobe in any language or almost any language. I'm going to go ahead and make that assumption for the purpose of the point. They know what you're talking about, man. Yeah, for sure. I think and I think that's, you know, everybody's going to process their emotions in a different way on this. Everybody responds to tragedy and grieves a little bit differently, although there are the same stages or similar stages involved. And, you know, we all need to do is come together and support one another. And, you know, a couple of things that I always tell my students, and, you know, I think I'll kind of leave it here is, you know, we need to increase the access to opportunities. And one of the ways to do that, in my, in my opinion anyway, the way to do that is to value diversity, value differences as ways to build bridges and not methods to build walls and really come together as a community and as as a togetherness and move it forward because you can't change the world with one person but one person can certainly change the world i think that's where i'm at on it yeah i think uh i think people should uh follow his example of you know he as, as larger than life as he seemed, he is still human, and he he made mistakes, but he always learned from them. Uh, he became a better person out of every every you know flaw or mistake that he had made throughout his life, and so that's another thing I think people can can learn from and take an example from. We love you, Cub. We all do, man. Everybody, Laker Nation. We appreciate everything you brought to the game. We appreciate everything you brought to all of us. We appreciate you for exactly who you are, unapologetically authentic, critical thinker, creative, storyteller, purposeful, driven, and passionate. Kobe Bryant, dead at 41. See you on the next Hoopball Lakers podcast. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.